Hello and welcome to Consumerosity, brought to you by Layby, the show where we explore the challenges for the 20s crowd that you'll find oh so familiar. When it comes to finance, shopping, credit and the psychology driving our experiences as consumers. I'm Alex. And I'm Jen. And so how this podcast works is each week we'll be choosing a different topic to dive into, exploring the weird and wonderful goings on in the world of money. Yep, actual useful financial hacks, all served up with a side of curious psychology and not a meerkat or voucher code in sight. And just before we uh, introduce this week's topic, we've got a little segment we like to call Something of Note. Basically, we try and outweird each other every episode with strange money-related trivia. Jen? Yeah? This week's Something of Note is, Mm -hmm. did you know the unofficial record for coin swallowing is 11 (laughs) coins? Ooh. How do you get to the stage in your life where where you want to beat the record for swallowing coins? Um, I think it's when you realise that you get to a point in your life and you're like, oh, I'm not known for anything. Yeah. What can you I think do? It's an attention th- it has to be. Yeah, it's like a validation of like trying to be some someone of note. <laughs> <laughs> ah, there you go. Do you think there's a there's like there's some kind of regulation on what size coin it is? Because eleven doesn't sound that many. It doesn't. I I, I do think. Oh, gosh, I think it would be a, a pound coin size. I guess like. But I think 11, I don't know, you probably would feel the weight of it, maybe, as you as it starts piling up, 11 coins, do you not think? What happens next? Ooh. Let's not get into that. <laughs> so, let's move on. <laughs> so this week, we're talking about money habits around the world, and why certain cultures spend the way they do, and ultimately, whether anything we learn can help us on our own money journeys. So, uh, what are your thoughts on that, Alex? Money habits around the world? I think it's going to vary a lot. Yeah. A lot, a lot, a lot, yeah. Because it's, you know, it's not only, you know, personal things and experiences growing up, but it's also different technologies mm. around the world, which could have a big influence. Because, yes. of course, you know, places like the UK, we're pretty advanced uh, technologically, so you have these certain certain apps, but there could be other countries that are further behind, so they have to have well, different habits. Yeah, or there could be some really interesting traditions that yeah, like, yeah, exactly. exist. And I think traditions is going to be an interesting one because sometimes I hear about traditions and I think, whoa, like suddenly they get people get to a certain age and they get married and they've got to um they've got to sort of cough up some money for for something in a wedding or you know for their wife or their husband yeah, for this yeah. tradition and that tradition you know and so i think there's things like that which i sometimes see in other cultures i think it's such a lovely tradition but it could could completely you know, stump them when they've got to stump up some money. Maybe people have savings accounts for those things in other cultures that yeah, we wouldn't even right. consider. I've got a really interesting one from Pakistan, actually. Okay. Uh, it's called Zakat. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a rather generous giving practice, mm-hmm. uh, and it's mandated by law, which is really interesting. Mm. So this is, the principle requires everyone to donate at least 2.5% off their income to charities and those who are less fortunate. Interesting, isn't it? Mm, I have heard of this one, yeah. So it's said to teach self-discipline and free those practicing it from becoming obsessed with accumulating material possessions. Well, could we not learn from that? I think we definitely could. could. we not? That's incredible, right? Yeah. Because that's still, that's a good, that's a good chunk. Yeah. It's, it's not a, insignificant. It is. It's a good chunk and it's that mentality of always giving, always giving, not just keeping what we've got, always being able to give part yeah. of what you've got is embedded. So, you know, maybe that comes out in other forms. You know, it means that if someone comes to their house... You know, maybe that stamp on how they manage their money might be stamped on their hospitality. So if someone comes, there, always going to be food for them. And I do find that, you know, with with uh, certain families from other cultures in my life, that if I go around their house, they're never without a kind of welcoming plate of something. Yeah, yeah. You know, whereas actually it doesn't really happen in no, it British doesn't. homes. And it doesn't really happen in New Zealand either. I mean, we do come together and everyone used to, I remember going back as a family, we used to bring plates 
Oh. Our food and you'd all share that over the dinner table, which I think is quite universal. Yeah. But I know yeah. what you mean. It's even when you go on holiday to certain cultures and you get there and they welcome you with a local drink or, you know, a, a snack or something like that. And it's just, yes. yeah. And yeah, I feel like that's, if it starts with money, giving, you know, being able to give away your money, what you've earned is quite a good, hospitable, thoughtful stamp on what you already do. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I love that. Yeah, it's good. It's amazing. It's yeah. nice. Well, look, moving on to uh, to another cultural way of spending. Okay, so this is caja de uros. So between presents, meals and travel, big celebrations like Christmas can be expensive for families. So to make sure the holiday doesn't break the bank, people in Panama pay monthly instalments into a caja de uros throughout the year. When the Christmas season arrives then, they receive the full amount to spend on whatever will make their holiday special. Oh, wow. That's, such a, that's a really good idea. Really good. There has been something, it's not exactly the same, but there used to be things like, there used to be an advert on TV, I don't know if it's still on TV, called, I think it's like a savings account that yep. you can... I think the idea is that you save into this account and then you spend out on that catalogue of that company for Christmas. Yeah, we have we have I have, we had some of them in New Zealand as yeah. well. It's kind of gone out of fashion now. Yeah, I haven't seen it as much. It was I think it was called Crisco. Okay. And that was it. Yeah. You, you do pay towards it throughout the whole year. Yes. But it, it was I don't think it had the intentions of something like this. It was, no. you know, it was a business yes. and you probably did end up paying a bit more yeah. than if you just went out and yeah, and, and exactly. bought it all yourself, but it's this is good. This is much better. Really good. I I would actually wouldn't be surprised if there were families in the Western world who actually have a Christmas savings account. To be honest, I think yeah, you don't know what can come up around yeah. that period of time, and you do not want to be caught in a position where yeah, you well not necessarily going to let the family down. That's the end of the world. But you want to be able to you know provide at that time of year. I mean yeah, over there's Christmas a and exactly kind of conversation about what Christmas has become financially, I suppose, which yep. could be a complete other episode. It could be. It really yeah, it could be. But um I think that's not you know, for for the sake of having family together, being able to provide the meals and the celebrations, another really great idea, Panama. You know what? I've got one out of Germany. Ooh. Uh I'm gonna butcher the pronunciation. No, I think you're going to get it right. So this one's called Gelt Stinks Nicht. Good, good, Alex. And by all accounts, <laughs> Germany is a cash society, which is really surprising. Mm. And Germans use cash for about 80% of their purchases. Interesting. Shunning both credit cards and personal debt. So Right. Interesting. Uh, considering a conversation that we've had recently about the movements of cash, it's it's surprising to see that Germany... Yeah, because they're so efficient with yeah, their... Yeah, they uh, are, aren't they? And I, I guess efficiency is, is something they're known for in a positive way. And, like, um, you know, German engineering is, like, you know, known as being very trusty. And it's, they seem to be sort of, like, uh, to, to think through things very carefully. It's but all very considered, isn't it? Considered. And, and cash in that context then seems like an old-fashioned move. However, it also plays into the kind of cautious and careful... Uh, mentality, doesn't it? Exactly, and, and that's the thing, because while the reasons may be rooted in the country's history, mm. uh, their cash doesn't stink mentality <laughs> lets them keep a physical connection with the cash. Yeah. So it stays away from, you know, uh, ridiculous spending habits, pretty much like that. Yeah, so actually, in that sense, it kind of does reinforce that that idea that when you have cash, it does make you more careful, yeah. doesn't it? I suppose that is kind of bolstered up by this idea that, that if there's if culturally, if there's a whole, you know, country still using it uh, for that reason and keeping it behind that mentality, that does make sense. It does, because even as a budgeting tool, it, it does make sense. Mm. Excuse the pun. Uh, <laughs> because you would only ever take out a certain amount of cash. You're not going to want to walk in the streets absolutely yeah. dripping with it. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I mean, I, I we've talked like I said, we've talked about moving on. Um from cashlessness, but I still see the sense in 
the cents in money. Yeah. So Kenya. Kenya have something called Harambi. So in countries where getting loans to invest in a business can be next to impossible, some communities have started to form their own systems of credit. So in Kenya, this mm-hmm. has seen the rise of Harambi, a community-led initiative whereby participants pull their money together and use it for a project the community needs. Oh, wow, that's really good. That's so That's really, good. really cool. Yeah, that's amazing because that's... That takes a lot of discipline for everyone in the community to actively want to contribute it. But also, it also strengthens the need for whatever that thing is. Yeah. You know, it must really be, if that many people, it's kind of, they're conducting their own market research, essentially, on themselves and their community to say, look, we really need this. Let's, it's like, I guess it's like using how, they're deciding how their tax ultimately is spent because they're portioning money aside to pop it towards something. And how rewarding would it be as a community once it actually comes Mm. into fruition? And they do end up spending the money that they put aside. Yeah, really, really great. Gosh, there's some really good things going yeah, on around the world, isn't there? Imagine if you could do that in your neighbourhood. Yeah. Like, say you really wanted a nice barbecue to share yeah. for the weekend. This reminds me of something I've seen recently, a house deposit builder scheme. Mm-hmm. It's not exactly the same. This isn't for a business, but there's something where everyone puts in, say, like 10 people put in £300. Yep. And then what will happen is over the 10 months, at different times of the year, you'll get rewarded your £3,000. Oh, really? Does that make sense? So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, like, you could get your deposit in, say, it's a period of like January to November. You could get your deposit in February, even though you put in three hundred pounds. You might get it in that the February because everyone's popped in the money into. That oh, pool. I see what you mean. Yeah. So it's not for a business, but it's it's a kind of community mentality to helping to reward people to build something. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I do, and it's really cool because I mean with. Everything that's going on these days, it sometimes feels like the communities are kind of falling apart. Mm. You don't really have that much human interaction anymore. Yeah. So for something like this to be obviously alive and well, and and it would work well, I can't imagine why it wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible to see. I've got another one for you, Jen. And this is allowance or pocket money, depending on whether you're in the US or the UK. Okay. So you should be pretty familiar with this, yeah? Yeah. But for those who aren't, it's often linked to the completion of household chores a child's allowance is their first encounter with the concept of financial responsibility. So while different parents take different approaches, the practice of giving an allowance helps teach children that they must work hard and save their earnings to get the things they want. Mm, interesting and familiar. Yeah, it is, isn't it? And mm. what are your thoughts on pocket Did you used to get it when you were growing up? I actually didn't receive an awful lot of pocket money from my dad. <laughs> Come on, dad. Yeah, he didn't, to be honest. he was. My brother had a paper round mm-hmm. and I um, worked in a hairdresser's um, washing hair and stuff like that from when I was yeah. like fourteen, and then and then went and worked at Tesco. So yeah, there was he did he did a little bit here and there, but wasn't it wasn't for household chores? He definitely didn't. <laughs> he just was like you. T- you guys should just be doing this anyway. What did you think? What did you get? I was the same. I was actually pretty much the exact same because right. when I was younger, I didn't. I wasn't really doing anything that warranted pocket money. Um, but when I got of age, I started working in just a retail job myself. Yes. So I never really had that experience. But I think in a kind of roundabout way. It's not too dissimilar mm. because we, just like kids, are working and they're getting paid as a reward for completing tasks. Yes. But whether that sets them up well in life, I think, can be is up for discussion at the moment, right? Yeah, I think, like, you know, it, I think it, it's better, it was better to learn, I think, from someone else paying you rather than your parent. And yeah. that, in some ways, that was like a little bit of a leap, a leapfrog over that one because at least you sort of understood what it was like to go to work, I suppose. But also, you know, there's this, there's something to be said for this a, a more recent way of thinking about pocket money, which is that actually children should be just given a small budget, 
you know, a bit of a budget. Yeah. And they then learn to, and, and I've called it a budget because I think the idea is that they learn to manage their money yeah. rather than think about, oh, finally, I've got it. I'm just going to go spend it and, you know, on this one thing. And it kind of all goes out the window. And, and, you know, ultimately it's for children to learn how to manage so that rather than, you know, spending it all at once or if they do spend it all at once, they can learn from their mistake. Exactly. I think that's a better way to do it. Yeah. I think teaching kids how to budget more so than just giving them money to complete tasks that they're going to have to do regardless of when they get older is, mm. is probably more effective. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. So moving on then, India has this really cool one. It's called Kuri Kalyanam. And, uh, well, you know, everyone likes a good party, don't sure they? Sure do. And what better way to encourage people to donate money to you than by throwing a huge party? So in southwest India, Kuri Kalyanam parties are thrown to raise money for big expenses like hosting a wedding or building a house. And like each invited guest is expected to make a cash donation but there's a catch. When it's the host's turn to attend the return party, they're expected to give twice what they've received. Twice what they receive. Yeah. That's really interesting. Imagine going to the party and donating like a lot. I know. And just be like, you'd just be, when I'm God. hosting this next party, I'm going to get so much back for them. Yeah, there must be a lot of money like dropped at these parties. Yeah, this is a really interesting one. That could be almost, that could get people into a bit of trouble. I think it could. I, I don't know. I, I I would like to see how they work. Like uh, you know, people must have like be sitting on bigger pots of money to an, allow this to happen. Yeah, you, you'd have to because it, yeah. while it does seem really interesting, it's an interesting way to almost crowdfund for mm, your purchases yes. in life. That catch really makes it like oh, this could actually become a bit of an issue. Yeah, you're right. It is it's a re- that's a really good comparison crowdfunding. But I think because you know these people potentially, they're in your community, and there's that expectation. It could add that extra pressure. Yeah, and if you haven't got that money to return, that could get sticky. It could. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point, actually. I'm not sure how I feel about that. I'm sure there's a... I think the sentiment's great, and I'm sure it's a really nice community way of doing things, but there's something about it that makes me feel a bit, um, like, wary. I'd love to see it in practice and how that actually plays out. True, yeah. All Very right, true. next one I have for you is from Greece. Okay. And this is called Charisma. So mm. as we all know, or hopefully so, a wedding is a joyous occasion mm-hmm. as it marks the beginning of the happy couple setting out on the journey of life together. To help them on their way, Greek wedding guests actually take turns pinning cash onto the bride and groom's clothes while they're dancing. Oh, this That's, is fun. This one's fun, isn't it? Yeah. Decorating people with money. <laughs> it seems a lot more lighthearted and and I think that all the ones we've talked on are all good in nature, but this was this is just a bit of fun. It's a bit of fun, yeah. As long as no one's judging you for how much you're pinning on as you go, you know, at each wedding and sort of like keeping an eye and be like, did you see how yeah, much? The husband's an accountant or bride's yeah. auditing all the money, yeah, the money yeah. that's put onto them. Exactly. And you might get the odd, you, you might get a couple of families sort of looking and being like, did you see how how much they pinned on this time? It wasn't as much as so-and-so's wedding, you know, <laughs> and that kind of thing. You never know. But I mean, also it's quite funny because what if you're falling on hard times? I guess you, like when, when I... What if you want to put your loose change you just put that in his pocket maybe put it in like a little money bag and pin it on I definitely I've definitely had times that when I've done Edinburgh Fringe and I've like had a bucket at the end of my show and people put money in and and occasionally there'll be like some sort of rare coin or something like just looks like someone's just chucked in a few bottle caps kind of thing because they wanted to make it jingle they were like obviously wanted to donate I'm like oh man I'm not gonna be able to use this just put nothing in it mate (laughs) yeah exactly all right moving on then we've got we've got one here from Jamaica called Susu so Susu is practiced in many Caribbean countries, including Jamaica, and their emigrant uh, communities in the USA and Canada. 
They build on a bond of trust, so the money collected across the community is given to one person to spend on a big purchase, like a car or investment in education, and it allows people who might not have access to formal financial institutions to save and borrow money. So this is more like crowdfunding. Yeah, I guess this is more. This like is like it almost seems like a, just a different take on the uh, on the one from India. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's it's not. It doesn't seem to have expectation attached, like the returning thing. Like if I scratch your back, you scratch mine, kind of thing. Or you have to doubly scratch yeah, my you have back to d- for double the amount of time. This one's nice. I can imagine that it's really beneficial to those less fortunate within a community. Yeah. And just to, I think that's kind of the premise that we've got today is that everyone in in these cultures around the world work really well as a community. Yeah. And they can bond together and and do some good from it. It's cool. And there's like a, a sense of help. Helping each other out, yeah, which is you know over here, like you said, you you might turn to crowdfunder rather than going to. I mean, people go to their family, I'm sure, but it's it's not as likely to go around your local neighbourhood and get this support. It's yeah. something you go to an online community for, maybe. And I'd feel uncomfortable knocking on my neighbour's door, and be like, I really want a new car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Please. <laughs> yeah, and actually, previous embarrassment might come with that. You know, being like, we don't want them to know our business. You know, people knowing your financial business who live near you seems really alien here. Yeah, it does. It's interesting, even like. We because I do feel like the world is globalizing a lot. Yeah. But consumption and, and money habits is so it's really localized. Yes, it is. And and it, do, it does seem to call to our, our culture and our nationality. We do not spend money in the same ways. Yeah. No, absolutely. It is so dependent on where you're from. Yeah. Co- coming back into the Germans, actually, um, it's Germans have proven to be quite exacting when it comes to shopping. Yeah. So they have like a very strict selection criteria and depending on the kind of goods they want to buy, they don't hesitate to compare prices at all and are very sensitive to sales promotion. They often go to discounters. They really believe in a warranty. Yeah. So yeah. like it's the sort of purchase when they make a purchase that's big or make any purchase, I think the idea of how long it's going to last and the guarantee is like very, very important. Mm-hmm. Um which is which is quite interesting. It's quite a, you know function is quite an important part of of their their way of life as well. Like it's something functional and good quality. But I think I wonder if in in German culture if they're more likely to save and save and save and save for, for that good quality product as opposed to sort of buying something out of desperation or needing it there and then. You know. Yeah, exactly. Or even just wanting it. Yeah. For the French people, mm-hmm. uh, they actually consider buying to be a pleasure. Ah. So they tend to spend more on leisure and cultural goods and give priority to quality over quantity. Yeah, interesting. I wonder if that's where a lot of the big fashion influence comes from then. Yeah, true. Because actually, they always look quite well put together, the French, I think. Yeah, they they do. They always look smart. Yeah. Always look really nice. Yeah, interesting. Interesting. So, um, long considered as being some of the best savers in the world, this is really interesting, are the Belgians. The Belgians? Yeah, very price sensitive and keen to obtain the best value for money spent. Now, that's, I feel fondness towards the Belgians because for a a culture to, to be that kind of enthusiastic and put that much care into their chocolate, They've got to be good people, haven't they? have they? to be. <laughs> We've talked... Uh, someone mentioned chocolate before, and now we're talking about it again. Getting hungry. I'm really sad. Lots <laughs> of chocolate. But you know what? I'm going to be like a Belgian. Yeah. And I'm going to save. Save. I'm yeah. going to save it. I'm not going to go... Save I'm, we're that not gonna money. Go get it. So the financial crisis must have triggered some changes in behaviour, right? Oh, it has to. That was such a big thing for so many people, and, and especially the financial institutions. Yes, for sure. So we've got, we've got Southern European countries like Spain and Italy, like a large percentage of the population lost its purchasing power and has had to, had to adjust its spending. Uh, Portugal as well have changed the way that they spend. So a lot more spending on secondhand products. That's interesting. Um, refurbished products and just, just generally saving more, you know, yeah. s- holding back, I think. It seems to me like 
I've I've heard a bit about this, and that there was the, been a big switch now um, to sharing mm. and exchanging goods and services. So they're not really. It seems to be this this change from buying new items and always having the latest thing, but actually mm. now sharing it amongst each other, which goes back to all these places we talked about and the the sense of community. Yeah, sharing. I guess the the way I relate to that at the moment is like carpooling. Like yeah. there's a lot more of a push towards like carpooling and zip car where you can like oh, park, borrow a car, park it up and share that rather than like just being... It makes, it makes sense. Yeah, it does. There's so much wastefulness and resources that we could be sharing and this is for some weird stigma that we don't. Yeah. That's why th- the carpooling is a great example because that is something which is... You see people driving to work and they have four free spaces in their car. Yeah. You could take four cars off the road just then and there. Yeah, it's kind of ridiculous, isn't it? Yeah, it is. We realise we've got these ridiculous things. Now, a big thing for European citizens is their attitude towards loans as well. Okay. If people from Southern and Eastern European countries are rather reluctant to take out personal loans, it's actually not the case for Northern European people. Like Americans, Brits have a culture that still remains comfortable with credit. Did you know that more than 70, this is really interesting, mm-hmm. more than 70% of EU credit cards are held by British consumers? Whoa, that's a lot. Yeah, it's high, isn't it? I mean, it's, like, it's almost like it's impressive and disturbing <laughs> yes. at the same time. Wow, my goodness me. That's, that's kind of crazy because I guess I do think to myself, is that because we are kind of, you know, in that kind of keeping up with the Joneses mentality, you know, where everyone yeah. just wanted to keep up. Yeah, and, I know what you mean. You know? I do know. But there's light at the end of the tunnel mm-hmm. because over the last 10 years, debit card holdings has increased by 45%, while the number of credit and charge cards has declined by 14 Right. So debit cards have gone up and credit cards and they've gone down. are down. So we're seeing a good switch, which is good. So it seems like people are now becoming aware of the dangers of credit cards, whether they are dangerous or not, but mm-hmm. that's probably more of a misuse and mismanagement than anything. But yeah. there's a transition now to people only using what they actually have. Right, yeah. Which yeah. is great. Yeah. Becoming more accountable, aren't they? Yeah, they are. They are. Well, there we go. So there's a lot of spending habits around the world we've had a look at, haven't we? And <laughs> we've done well. We've gone through. We've gone through a lot. Yeah, I've rather enjoyed like hearing some of them. And yeah, like you said, a little bit disturbed by some of them. And some of them maybe you know have a little bit of pressure attached. Some of them have some fun elements attached. Um, some of them we've seen adopted, like we've talked about crowdfunding, yeah, haven't we? And yeah, how that's yeah. sort of been mimicked. So yeah, very interesting. What's your favourite out of the whole lot? What 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 one do you think we should learn from and tr- and try to implement ourselves? Oh, I really like um, Susu, the Jamaican one. Yeah, building on a bond of trust, money collected across the community is given to one person to spend on a big purchase. It's got the nicest message behind it, doesn't it? Yeah, it is really cool and helping out those, especially in financial difficulty. Yeah, and banding together as a community and then offering someone that is pretty. It's pretty amazing. It's amazing. Like, but even if you did it, say you had you know amongst your friendship group, if you were able to do that and understand someone's situation, what an incredible kind of friendship experience or bond that could be you know and I mean, and even in your family you know whatever I think it's it's lovely and removing the stigma because there's something about accepting money from from friends and family which makes you maybe a bit uncomfortable mm. but also giving it to them as well yeah no really really nice yeah, what about good. yours Alex um my favorite is ooh, what do I think uh honestly if it, if it wasn't the same I think the one from Greece where the pinning to the money, yeah, yeah, is just it's just good fun, yeah, and it's in good spirit. How could you like adopt that for other situations? Do you think like you could just do it on birthdays or? <laughs> yeah, you could. You could you could do it on birthdays. That's that's a really good idea. Maybe yeah. on promotions when you walk through the office and everyone pins money to you. Yeah, or everyone could just pin like new stationery to you and be like, "This is gonna be your <laughs> post-it pad." Yeah, exactly. It doesn't even need to be money. <laughs> do you know if there's any money customs that are considered rude? 
in other countries? Uh, tipping comes to mind. Yeah. Like some people have very different views on tipping. So what what's your view on tip, tipping, Alex? Uh, I'm not sure. I'm not a big fan of it. I don't think there should be an expectation that they that you know the server deserves to get tipped. Uh-huh. But when the service is, you know, amazing and it deserves it, then absolutely. Yeah. I love it. And I and I will go for it, but I just don't like it when it's expected. Yeah. It makes it a bit awkward. I'm I'm kind of with you on the sense that yeah, I think I think uh, I think I've got it ingrained that I will always do like ten percent at least. Yeah. But but yeah, where I've had it has to be really shocking service for me not to tip. But I know that in America they are so different on this, aren't they? Like they consider it absolutely it's mandatory. Mandatory, and if you yeah. don't, it's like super super condemned. So I think that's something that is is an interesting discussion. I'd love to hear about what tipping generally around the world is. And I think, exactly, and I think that's why that I'm not really that into it is because in New Zealand you just don't. Oh, really? You never tip. No, it's not even included in the bill. There's no discretionary service <gasps> no charge or anything like that. So you only are ever rewarding the server if you've had amazing service. Wow. Which yeah. for me seems like the way it should be. Yeah, interesting. And so also I read recently, right, that in Korea, Japan and Thailand, giving or receiving with one hand is a big no-no. I've and heard this before. You've heard this? Yeah, yeah. So it's with everything from giving gifts to handing money to a cashier. You should always use two hands. And I think the same applies to handing over a baby as well. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think you should hand a baby. That's interesting, though, because me, I'm, I'm I'm acting out handing something with one hand right now feels a lot more natural than Definitely. two. It's, it's almost... Yeah, so it's another little custom to be aware yeah. of. We've got different things everywhere. So, right, um, Alex, to end the episode, we're going to play the million-dollar question. Yes, which is my our favorite. version of truth or lie. Are you ready? Yes, I am ready. Is it true or false that the Queen is facing left on the pound coin? Is it true that she's facing... Okay, left. Okay, let me... He's yeah. moving his head. It's, it's true. It has to be true. It's actually false. No, it's not. It's false. I know it seems it, but it's... It's false. But interestingly, 88% of people will draw her facing right if asked to do so. 88%? Yeah. I wonder why that is. I wonder what that poll looked like. I can't even picture a coin. I'm. Tr- oh, no, yeah. Okay, that makes sense. I can see it now. <laughs> there we go. Oh, we got there in the end. <laughs> Thanks for listening to Consumerosity. Hit subscribe in your favourite podcast app and join us for future episodes. See you later. See ya. See ya.